welcome to Cycle For Your Life. And you can find this on www.cycleforyourlife.com. And there's a blog, WordPress blog, and it's my stuff on cycling. My views on it, I don't post that much on it. But if I see things I like, I put it on there and I share it. Anyway, been thinking about doing a podcast. So here we go. Here's the podcast. Hello, episode one. Podcast, Cycle for Your Life. So what's this all about? Well, let me tell you. I do a bit of walking as well. And on my walks I cover, you know, I could do 10, 15 miles. Well, 15 is a bit of an exaggeration. Up to 11, 12 miles is, is roughly how far I'd walk. It takes a couple of hours, two and a half hours or so. So I thought, hey, why not talk about Cycle Free Life and my views whilst on these walks? So this is why you're gonna hear a lot of background noise. Cars, buses, taxis, motorcycles, kids, people. The whole gambit, London life, man. This is where it's at. So, you know, join me on my little walk. And uh, if you've got any questions, you can email it to me or contact me via the website. So, hey, what about this? What about that? What's your views on this? What's your views on that? I'll tell you, it might not be uh, right. Well, there's no wrong or right, really. It's just my views. You either like it or you don't. And, uh, and that's that really. So um, today's walk is from Edmonton, where I live. And I'm gonna go up to Camden Town and maybe back. I think Camden Town's maybe 10 miles. And, uh, and back again, or we'll see how I feel. If I'm, if I'm not up to it, I'll just get the bus back. I'm recording this walk on Endemondo. It's a, a fitness app that you can put on your iPhone records your journey, records uh, your stats. I've got a little heart rate monitor as well. I'm gonna post that on the website too. And you can see the journey I've taken. I'll take some photographs on the way with my iPhone. Hey man, share. So anyway, today's episode is um, why I started the blog. Um, and why cycle for your life. And I'll tell you why, I'll tell you all about it. Anyway, let me give you a little bit of a backstory. Back in, I think it was around 2010, 11, I was very, very overweight. And I used to smoke too, I was smoking a lot. Um, so I was overweight, smoking a lot, I did no form of exercising. And I thought, hey, I've got, I've got to do something about this. I wasn't happy with myself. And um, I thought, no, no, I've got to change. So I thought, well, what sort of exercising can I do, you know? You know, what, what's good for me and what do I enjoy? And I thought, hey, man, you know, I used to love cycling as a kid. I mean, as a kid, I adored cycling. I mean, it was everything to me as a child. I mean, I can't tell you. It was the thing that set me apart from all my other friends. I mean, some were good at football, some were you know, good at running, whatever they were good at. My thing was cycling, I love cycling. And I was like the little evil Knievel. I used to love jumping things. I loved jumping over boxes and 
all manner of stuff. And um, it was my thing. And when I got into like, my 10, 11, 12, the cycling progressed and I used to do wheelies and man, I, I loved that stuff. And I used to go further afield as my form of transport. And you know, I honestly loved it. And to this day, this very, very day, I love cycling. There's no other form of transport that just makes you relax. A sense of freedom that, you know, even walking, I mean, walking's great, don't get me wrong. And I love it as a form of exercise and relaxation, but cycling just tops it all. And I cycle every day. Even to this day, I still cycle. I cycle to work, I cycle home from work, if I'm going to see friends, I'm going somewhere, I cycle. I mean, I've got a car, and I've got all these other things too, but I just love cycling. It's a great way of transport. I mean, if you, if you go around to friends and have a couple of drinks, hey, no problem. You're not blind drunk, and you're not going to hurt yourself. The bike, it's great. I mean, what's there not to like? Come on, get a bike, you're going to love it. Anyway, I digress. So, uh, cycling as a kid, um, cycling as an adult, wanting to get fit. So I thought, hey, get back on a bike. So that's what I did. I got myself a little mountain bike. I started cycling. And then uh, started getting fitter, started riding to work back then. And then I joined the gym and started spinning, another form of cycling. And yeah, I was getting fitter, stopped smoking. So I was heading back in that direction, getting healthier and fit. And, and that's really why I say cycling for your life, because for me, cycling saved my life. Um, as a kid, I, it was my thing. Um, and when I started, you know, my life was getting out of control in terms of weight and fitness, cycling saved me. And I'll come back to uh, how it sort of continues to save me today. So that's really the backstory. Um, there is another part of it where I got divorced and I was in a dark, dark place. And if any of you have been in that place, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, and I'd been married for 25 years. It came a bit of a surprise to me. And I was lost. And, uh, I thought to myself, what now? What do I do now? 25 years you've been married, in a relationship, and, and so now you, you don't know who you were anymore. Now I was working, and uh, luckily I worked for a guy that is a friend of mine, and I could sort of talk to him. And I said to him, listen man, I'm not happy and whilst I was on my, my cycling, I digress a bit here, whilst on these little journeys of cycling, I used to cycle down canal paths and stuff like that, and then typically be a couple of hours, and I thought, I wonder what it would be like to actually do a cycle tour, and actually go maybe on a long extended tour on a bike, what, what would that be like? And I started imagining it and, you know, fantasizing about it, anyway. I put that on the back burners. I mean, that wasn't a reality. I was married. This, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, when, I, when the divorce hit me back in uh, 
December, no, uh, yeah, November, stroke December of 2012. That's when the news actually happened. Uh, my then wife wanted to get a divorce. It was a dark time, it was Christmas, I went, oh, bad time. So, I was going to work, uh, January came, my head's still over the place, and I went and paid a visit to a friend in Los Angeles. I spent about a week and a half over there, and every day, he had a bike, every day I'd get up in the morning, and I'd take the bike, and I'd ride to Malibu. And I was staying in Santa Monica then, uh, and I think it was a good 10 to 15 miles. I can't remember. I wasn't recording it, but it was a long ride. And I'd ride to, Santa Mon- uh, to Malibu from Santa Monica. And I'd get to, San- uh, to Malibu, and there's a Starbucks there, and I'd sit down, have a coffee, have a cake. And then I'd go, okay, go back. I'll get back, get back to Santa Monica. But yeah, I want to still ride a bit more. So I'd ride down to Marina del Rey, which is the other side. And I'll go a bit further, I'll go to uh, Manhattan Beach. And from Manhattan Beach, I'd go into Mosa Beach and back. And the time I got back, it would typically be around about, I, don't know, I can't remember now, but four or five o'clock in the afternoon. From the morning, I'd been out all day. And anyway, I'd have a shower, get changed, and I'd go out, and I'll be honest, I'd get blind drunk, get smashed. Go to this uh, place called Chaya on Main Street in Santa Monica. Used to be this barmaid called Betsy. She passed away now. Rest in peace, Betsy. She was great. She knew what I'd drink. I'd go in there every day, every night, and then just be a Jack Daniels and Coke waiting for me. And she'd just be topping them up, one after the other. Enjoy, baby. And the friends of mine would roll up in there and carry on drinking. And you know what? I needed that time back then. I needed to let loose a bit. Anyway, I was there for about two weeks. Came back to the UK and house was already on the market. I actually got sold the day I went out to LA. Called me up, hey, I've got an offer on the house. What shall we do? Accept it, get rid of it. It's done, we're finished. Bit of rash, let me tell you. Just so if any of you go through this or going through uh, troubled times, trust me, don't make rash decisions. <laughs> I wish I'd never sold that house. I wish I could have found a way of buying her out of it. Anyway, whether you do or don't sell or whatever you decide to do, the single advice I can give you if you're going through troubled times, do not make rash decisions. They never work. Don't sit on the fence either, but (laughs) contemplate your actions. Trouble is though, okay, this is the the, the letting you off the hook. It's very, very hard to think clearly when you're in the world of shit, okay? Just think, that looks like a Banksy. Just walking past Seven Sisters, near Seven Sisters Station, and there is a, a picture on the wall, and I'm just wondering if that's a Banksy or not. I'm going to take a photograph. There you go, let me take another one. That's great. I'll share that on the website if you're interested. Anyway, where were we? Okay, anyway, so... um, 
came back from LA and boy, that was rough. Dealing with all the, the crap that landed up my door. And um, I was going to work and I was still not happy. You know, I mean, understandably, you're going through a really bad time. And the way I'd sort of um, get away from that, I was, I'd fantasize and I'd start thinking about cycling again and going on the tour. And this kept on, kept on manifesting in my mind. So I thought, okay, let me look for a bike. So I started looking for bikes that could, uh, I could do this journey on. And this is all fantasy at this point, you know. And I found a, 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 a Thorn. So it's a, a specialized make of touring bikes. And I started looking into it, looking at the panniers that go on the bike and all the bits and the tent and equipment and the camping equipment and, and this, that and the other and all the bits that... I thought, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do this. So I started formulating this idea in my head and, and then I just bought the bike. I went, that's it, I'm gonna buy it. So I bought the bike. The bike was like, I think 1,200 pounds. I bought the bike. And I started buying the things and I went to my boss and said, hey man, I'm going to have my resignation in. What do you mean? What are you doing? I, I need to get away. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to cycle. I'm going to cycle around Europe. I had this plan that I would go around the coast of Spain, into Portugal, all on the coastline, back into Spain, and so on and so forth, and see what I'd get. Because, all right, if that's what you want to do, you do it. And at that time he said something to me. He goes, listen man, I know you're in a dark place, but why don't you do this? Why don't you? And he, he, I think he said this, I can't remember now. My daughter back then was just about to go to university and she'd actually been, I think, working with the company for uh, where I was at, just as a, earning a bit of money, helping out, get some work experience. And then, I think, I can't remember if he said it or I said it, but anyway, transpired that I teach her my job and she would cover my job and I would ride from June, I think it was, uh, until August, September, roughly that time. And when I'd get back, she'd go off to university because she'd enrolled in the university. So that was the, we formulated the plan. So I had, you know, my intentions were to give up work and just get the hell out of there and do this thing but we worked it out though so it was great I had security I knew I had a job coming back too it was, it was great so I did it I bought the bike I bought all the equipment and um, that's it I was on my way now there, there was one thing there was a, a guy a friend of mine and at the time he was asking me you know he's why are you doing this you're crazy man you know, what are you going to go and ride around Europe for I don't want to do it. He goes, oh, you're, you're crazy. And then he kept on asking questions about it. And cut a long story short, he wanted to come along. Although he was putting it down all the time, he wanted to come along. And to be honest, I'll tell you straight up forward now, it was the big mistake. You know, he, he, his idea of a cycling trip was completely different from my idea of a cycling trip. You know, he, he wanted to stay in holiday, you know, nice hotels and relax for three or four days and then go on. 
it wasn't it wasn't about that for me I I was on my own personal journey and to be honest it lasted about a week and a half and I think it was even that I think it was about eight days and I had to get rid I said listen man we had a bit of an argument and uh, that was that I said look blew up and he went in his own way he was always moaning when we're going to eat when we're going to stop when we're going to do this when we're going to do that you know what it wasn't about that I said I don't know man I don't know when we're going to stop I don't know where we're going to eat I don't know and the whole point of this journey was basically a journey of putting yourself out there you know no rules no predetermined route roughly it was like I had a rough idea where I was going to go and no time scale it was just about doing about going and this is the thing about cycling for me all right cycling can be a form of transport but it can be a journey as well if you get on that bike and you just cycle and you go, i don't wonder where this goes i wonder where that goes and you get you lost in a sense of adventure on a bike and you cover so much distance you know relatively easily really once you've got a certain level of fitness, I mean, man, you can get a long way on a bike. It's very cheap. So anyway, the D-Day, I, going back to the story, the D-Day is, uh, I can't remember the dates now. But sometime in June, I booked up a ferry to go from Portsmouth to Santander. For me, my journey started when I was in a different country. When I, when I landed on the shores of a different country, that's when I felt that the journey had started. So off I went. We got a boat. Um, we landed in Santander that night. We stayed in a, like a little B&B. And the journey had begun. I was like, I was so happy, man. It was like crazy. It was an overnight boat ride. Got there slept in a Airbnb or what and it wasn't even just a hotel I found I can't remember now next day woke up first day of the ride and it's raining all right here we go and as we started riding it's up hills I mean you know he he this guy I was going with he, he thought that riding was going to be on the flat but there's hills man even the smallest of ones are challenging when you're, you're not ready for it and um, the moaning had already started then. <laughs> it was miserable weather. He was hungry all the time. I remember when we camped for the first night, it was raining. He's at this campsite. His face was <laughs> miserable. He just did not want to be there. I was, you know, and the thing was, I was in my, you know, I was in my zone, you know. I was like, yes, this, I'm on my journey. And I, I was taking everything, you know, there's going to be weather, there's going to be hills, there's going to be good, bad, everything. I was prepared for it all. And I wanted that, I wanted to embrace that because when you're married for that amount of time, you assume certain roles in your life, you know. The wife does the cooking, the guy does the cleaning. You do that, she does this, you do this, you do that. So you formulate these patterns and you, you sort of morph into one person and this is the problem you know man this is good i can see that this blog is going to go many places it's not just about cycling but no relationship advice i'm not as if i'm qualified just telling you my views but 
you know, you'd lost your identity, you know? And this is why I felt the cycling trip for me was a rediscovery of my identity. Not really finding myself, I knew I was, but putting myself in a position where I had to work it out for myself, you know? Think on your feet. And also that break, that disentanglement from the relationships and all those all those feelings that you had relating to that. You know, when you're sitting there and you're moping around, guess what you're going to think about? You're going to think about all the, the things that had gone on with you, your past. And I remember, actually, I remember this. When I was in LA and my friend would introduce me, hey, this is Joe from London. Say hi, Joe. You start having a conversation with people. And they, they ask you questions, you know. What's, what, what's, what, what are you all about? Yeah, hey, um, 41 years old or 42 years old or whatever the hell I was, I can't even bloody remember now. I'm getting divorced. And I'm an overweight guy, balding, this, that. You know, you've. And I started, and I repeated myself so many times. Any bro I found, a new person I found, hey, this is my story, I'm getting divorced, she was terrible, she left me, she did this, she did that. You know? I didn't want to see what I'd done. I'm just focusing on the negativity all the time. And it dawned on me, I said, this is going to be the story of your life, man. Is this what is, you know, sets you out? Is this what defines you? Middle age, this is your story, you tell people when you meet people that you're this you know, unhappy guy who got divorced and, you know, it's all landed on your desk. You know, this is you. I thought, now, man, I've got to get myself a new fucking story. I've got to change. This is not going to be the story that defines me. I'll make a new story. So, I decided on the cycling trip. And there you go, that's my story. I started cycling. And this in, in part, well, if not near enough for all of it, why I, I, I wanted to do this. I needed to create myself a new story. Anyway, going back to the ride, as I was riding, this guy was busting my balls every day. Where are we going to stop? What are we going to eat? How long are we going to get there? When's this? When's that? When's it going to stop raining? When is it going to be that? When is it going to be this? And I got to my breaking point. I think we got somewhere near Spain. Can't remember where it was. And I found this riding along. We see this like motel. Said, okay, we'll stop here. We're in this motel. Went to the receptionist. Have you got a room for tonight? Two rooms? Yep got two rooms mice broken Spanish anyway can I have your passport she replies standard procedure in most Mediterranean countries when you're checking in they want your passport anyway so I looked over to him hey man give me your passport and he looked at me sitting down looking at me but man I just sat down so this guy been busting my balls all day long when are we going to stop? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? I was like being his mother, man. And I call around, he wants my pass, and he treats me like, I went, hey, man, 
this is it, I'm done, I exploded. It had been building up for a week, I just completely exploded. So you got a problem, man, a real big problem. And I started shouting at him, I said, listen, you're on your own, I'm done, I'm out of here. Never forget, picked up my stuff, gave me my passport back, put it back on my bike, and I went, just gone. 30 seconds, bang, done. So angry. When I'm, I mean, I've never been as angry. I lost it. I started riding, and I think that day I'd already ridden about 40 miles, 50 miles. It doesn't sound a lot. But on a touring bike laden with all the stuff, trust me, it's a lot. In the heat. I got back on the bike, started riding. I thought, I'm going to ride to Portugal. I'm gonna, I, need to get, I just wanted to get as far away from him as possible. And I started riding. It was getting late. Put the lights on. I was riding down this road. And as I ride down this road, whack, bang. Something hit my arm with such force. And luckily, it knocked my left arm off my handlebar. As it flopped my left arm off the handlebar, I still managed to take control of the bike. I didn't go down. I'm looking forward and I see this wing mirror bouncing down the street. So it was the wing mirror of a car. He brushed, brushed on the side of me. He obviously got too close. And it was a Volkswagen uh, Charan, like the Ford Galaxy type thing. Came too close to me, hit me with the wing mirror wind mirror smashed off, bounced down the road and I could see this car pulling in and I gestured to the guy, hey, what are you doing man? Are you going to kill me? And so look, I could just see his eyes looking in the, in the rear view mirror. Pulled away, carried on going. Didn't want to stop. Then the pain set in and I went, wow, that was quite a big whack. So uh, I pulled over and I looked at my arm and uh, like friction belts all down the inside of my arm from just under my armpit to uh, to my forearm black and blue it came out virtually immediately bloody hell anyway I had no choice it's dark now and I was coming up to I think Porto not Porto sorry I can't remember somewhere the borders of Portugal I'll have a look I'll put a link on the website where I was going and um, anyway, I carried on riding. I rode another 80 miles that night. Still furious, still upset, angry that this guy had spoiled my journey, man. It was my dream. You know, you're spoiling it. But another word of advice. Sometimes action, you need to act. And where I said before, don't make any rash decisions. <laughs> Sometimes you need to make a decision. That one had been brewing up. I mean, you know, we've been discussing an exit strategy for him. So, you know, if you're not happy, do this, do that. Anyway, I, I gave him his exit strategy. I said, see, I'm done, I'm out of here. And off he went on his own merry little way. And off I went on my continuation of my journey. Anyway, I got to uh, a hotel that night. And I didn't want to do hotels because it's expensive, man. You know, you're paying like a 80 or anyway, 80, 90 euros or up to 110, 20 euros for a night. 
Anyway, I got to this, uh, like an easy jet, budget, hotel, bright colors, you know the scene. Easy wipe down stuff. <laughs> and I got in there and I fixed myself up and I looked at my arm and I was licking my wounds and, okay, it's not too bad. Bike's okay, I'm all right, really. And that's it, and from really, that's the, that's the start of my journey. That's when I, my journey really started for me, because I was on my own. And uh, I wanted to see how far I'd get. And, and that's it, and I started riding. Started going uh, from Portugal, carried on. And there's parts of Portugal on the coastline that were completely desolate. You know what I mean? Like no one was there. And I carried on riding and reflecting my life on what had been and what's to come. Back earlier that year, in the year back in 2011, you know, a year or so before I got divorced, my dad died. And it was a long, drawn out death. He'd had a stroke about a year and a half before two years predicted that he wouldn't live to stay the night and yeah, he lasted two years he went home and we cared for him at home and you know maybe you know I was spending a lot of time looking after him and work was suffering and these all put a strain on the relationship I'm sure I didn't pay her any attention really much anymore. I'd let go of myself physically. And she had let go of herself physically as well. And she started changing. She went on one of these diets, one of these uh, shakes and stuff like that. I didn't really agree with it. I didn't think it was the right way of going around it, of losing weight, but it actually worked for her and she got a very attractive woman and she was feeling good about herself she'd lost a lot of weight and someone paid compliments I'm sure paid attention and you know the story I mean you're gonna hear this you know someone pays your attention and she succumbed to it you know and I put my hands up I'd let myself go, I didn't pay her attention. I wasn't the man she married. But the, the sad thing about it was is that she didn't come, she wasn't honest about the, what had happened. I had to find out. And I found out in the hardest way. And that was difficult. And the thing was, it's not so much about her having a relationship with someone else is not coming truthful not saying hey i found someone else or i've fallen out of love with you and this guy has entered my life and this that and the other and i've got feelings for him i mean shoot she's she said that that all happened all afterwards but it, it didn't it happened before and I, I i found out that it had and that's the real the thing it was the the, the deceit of that the betrayal of that the lie that hurt more than anything else I can even, I can understand someone falling out in love with you it happens all the time 
it's painful. But I think liars are more painful. Anyway, so this is really how cycling saved me because the bike journey reset my focus, you know, kept me moving when I didn't want to move, you know, kept me going. By the way, for everyone, I'm now in Finsbury Park, walking through Finsbury Park, and you know what, it's a really beautiful park, little calves, people enjoying coffees and sitting there talking with their friends. You know what, London can absolutely be an amazing city. Absolutely, truly beautiful city. When the weather's great, it's even better. And, and there's been an explosion in this country with fitness as well. Walking, running, cycling. You know, everyone's doing something now. You know, gone are the days where you just go to the pub or you, everyone's doing something. It's great got to be doing something man so circle for your life some people cycle for pleasure for fun for exercise I truly believe cycling saved my life I know it's a little bit a little bit over over the top too much too melodramatic yeah it's good Anyway, go on the website, Cycle for Your Life, www.cycleforyourlife.com. Um, this is where the blog post is going to be. If you want to ask me some questions, fire away. I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. Any advice on cycling, just ask away. I mean, I'm not an authority on these matters, but I... I know a little bit, and I'd like to impart my knowledge with you. If you want to know more about my cycling trip, just ask. And you know what, I'll try and, if you like this podcast, give me a thumbs up, or whatever you do. I don't know how it works, where it's going to be distributed. I'm going to try putting it on um, iTunes, and uh, wherever, all these other portals where you can download podcasts I hope you've been enjoying it. I wonder how long we've been on this podcast for it's probably maybe 30-40 minutes maybe I don't know anyway episode 1 cycle for your life conversations with the cyclist I'll also um, quickly digressing there before I uh, say bye bye which is a long drawn out purse you know, it's funny you don't want to say goodbye I want to just carry on talking to you you got things to do. You want to go and look at a bike. No? Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, ask me a couple of questions, man. <laughs> Let's be real. I enjoyed it, you know. If you're sitting in the car, if you're having a walk as well and you're downloading a podcast, you know, ask me questions about the ride. Where did you go? What's your favourite place? How did you sleep? Where did you sleep? What did you eat? What's the worst thing that happened to you? What's the funniest thing that ever happened to you? I loved it. I truly loved it. I recommend it. You want to get a new focus in your life? Go for a cycle ride. Do a forest gump on a bike. 
You're gonna love it. It's truly amazing. I am sort of building up to a, another ride. I can feel it's coming. I can feel that things in my life, I may need a new story. <laughs> Maybe I've been dining out on my cycling trip for a little bit too long and I need a new source material to talk about. Anyway, you can ask me about that. And I'll be, I'd love to tell you. Share. Share and share alike. Anyway, Cycle for Your Life. I'm Joe. For episode one, 